0: Glad to see you guys. You got patriots, Look at this guy. He's got covered in blood. God bless you. Any chance I could get you guys yeah. to leave the Senate wing? We will. I, I've been making sure that I ain't disrespecting the place. Okay. just want to let you guys know this is like the <coughs> sacred place. I know. I know. This temple to democracy was desecrated in the very legislative chambers of the House and Senate that were desecrated. This is a special place. This is a sacred place. But this sacred place was desecrated by... This temple to democracy was defiled.
1: Our temple of democracy...
0: ...in this sacred place... ...a building, hallowed as it is. As we gather here, we stand on sacred ground, the heart
1: of American democracy. The Capitol is a temple of our democracy, Temple of our democracy, a sacred temple. On, uh, on Friday, we learned that a Democrat uh, staffer working for uh, Senator Ben Cardin, he filmed this graphic, uh, pornographic, homo- homosexual sex right in the, the Senate chamber uh, where they confirmed Supreme Court justices. I guess, I guess these two profaned the sacred temple. That is the capital in D.C. You're listening to Stephen Flurry and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. You can get to the live video stream of this show at TrumpetDaily.com or you can go over, over to the Rumble channel. That's Rumble.com forward slash TrumpetDaily and you can join the chat there and leave us some comments and always, always the thumbs up, the Rumble thumbs up to increase our ratings. So didn't really see too many uh, high-profile senators on either side of the aisle come out after this horrible story, just disgusting in every, in every respect, on every level. I mean, it's, it's, it's bad enough to think about what goes on behind closed doors in the Capitol. But these two were filming it. And these two were spreading it on social media. I think the story broke by the spectator. You know, I when I was thinking about this over the weekend, how many news sources out there knew all about this? But of course, it takes the spectator. It takes a con- one conservative source. I bet there were plenty of conservative sources that said, you know what, I'm going to steer clear of that story. I mean, Nancy Pelosi and company, to go on about the sacred temple and Jacob Chansley, of all things, The guy in the Viking hat who, as we now know, was personally escorted by the Capitol Hill police. They were actually walking through the hallways of this sacred temple to try to find a door that was unlocked so that Chansley could get into the Senate chamber. He he was sentenced to four years in prison because he walked in there. He sat in Mike Pence's chair. He wrote him a note. Uh, carried out a prayer. There was a little prayer session, and then they left. Four years in prison. Well, because it was in the sacred. I saw a, a news report this morning from January 6. Newly released coverage. I think it was reported by NBC. They showed what was happening in the Senate chambers, and you might want to guard the eyes of your little ones. They walked through the Senate chamber, and they actually rifled through the papers of the desks, they're in the chamber of this sacred temple, this sacred temple. You know, with respect to this story uh, on Friday, y- you wonder what the state governments around the world must be thinking. I mean, what about, well, what about the activities that go on inside the Kremlin? Do you think there'd ever be any kind of uh, a homosexual pornographic film Filmed inside of the chambers of the Kremlin, or what about the uh, the National People's Congress in Beijing, or the Islamic Assembly in Tehran? You think they'd put up with that? No, no, that's that's reserved for Israel, that's reserved for the Israelite nations, that's to be celebrated, that's to be declared, and we declare it. Oh, never mind that the staffer was fired. What about going to jail? For four years. These are the kinds of sins that brought curses on ancient Israel and sent them into captivity. I'll get to that a little bit later. These kinds of sins, the sins reported on on Friday. I'm not sure when the the incident happened, but think of the mindset of of these people bringing this kind of filth in what Nancy Pelosi says is a sacred place. Oh, yes. Senator Dick Durbin, I think he might have been in the montage, he said the Capitol is a sacred place desecrated by the mob. The temple to democracy was defiled. I guess that's what it takes to defile the temple. Yeah, there was a little bit of violence and vandalism, but, you know, throwing papers on the floor in Nancy Pelosi's office or rifling through papers in the Senate chamber or carrying out a prayer in the senate chamber how how does that compare to sodomy in the senate how about that let's make a comparison i, I mean from god's perspective and yet and yet it's almost it's already fallen off the news cycle that's right i was telling sam this morning I went back and, okay, the story breaks Friday. I went back and looked at Saturday morning's email from Grabian. They collect all the clips from the day before. Not one clip about this graphic sex scene filmed in the Senate chamber. Not one. Or at least the Judiciary Hall where they they have all these hearings, including for Supreme Court nominees. Not one email. I was just scrolling through it. I think half of them had to do with Rudy Giuliani's defamation case. Yeah. Yeah, Rudy Giuliani made the mistake of saying that they cheated in the Georgia election and he pointed to a video of these ladies that were up to some kind of nefarious business. He ends up getting sued for defaming them. He loses the suit. $148 million. Couldn't find anything about sodomy in the Senate. Just Rudy Giuliani. Got to get Rudy. Yeah, there were quite a... Then I went to Sunday morning's email from Grabian. Nothing again about sodomy in the Senate. But yeah, there's still quite a few clips about Rudy. So Rudy, he's in the news cycle all weekend long. There you go. Because his crime, what was his crime? He said something about some ladies that were cheating with ballots. That's what he did. $148 million dollars. Representative Mario Diaz, following January 6th, described the Capitol as the center and sacred symbol of democracy. Senator Patrick Leahy, he noted that the invading terrorists, he called them, had defiled. They had defiled the building with their actions, with their paper rifling. I think one of them actually walked off with the podium and then, of course, there's, there's most, most of them just walking within the guardrails, you know, walking within the barriers, not throwing anything, taking selfies. That's some kind, as I've said so many times, that's some kind of insurrection. What happened on that day that rises to the level of sodomy in the Senate? In God's eyes, maybe gunning down Ashley Babbitt, is a close second. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi described the Capitol as the temple of our American democracy. The dear leader, he bemoaned the the, the desecrated chambers of democracy. Oh, they just worship the ground on which the Capitol stands. These hypocrites. These promoters of perversion. How about that? To have these people who promote the worst kind of filth and perversion lecture the rest of us on what's pure and holy and righteous. Joe Biden said that we grieve the desecration of the people's house. Columnist Mario Loyola wrote that The hallowed ground was violated today by an unspeakable sacrilege. Unspeakable! Just like Paul said in Ephesians 5. I mean, there are some sins that you can't even speak about. they're, They're just so horrific. And I guess one of them is rifling through the papers of the Senate chamber. This is from the Washington Free Beacon on Friday. It says, on Friday afternoon, a report in The Spectator revealed that A Cardin aide maintained a public Twitter account to which he posted pornographic videos, uh, photos and videos, including one taken in the Senate hearing room. It says President Joe Biden featured the Cardin staffer in a 2020 campaign aid or or ad, prompting thanks from the guy's mother. Yeah, Biden had a nice shot with him, a picture taken with this 24-year-old homosexual. Who's just out there promoting his lifestyle before the whole world? Now, now though he's a victim. Now we're we're talking about some homophobia. It says here Mace Sersopsky, thats the guy's name—on Friday evening in a link, LinkedIn post said that his actions in the past have shown poor judgment. It's uh, yeah, it was poor judgment, but he gets a slap in the wrist. There's some, some reporting saying that he could be investigated for this obscene act. We'll see what comes of it. You think they'll send him off to prison like Jacob Chansley? The Daily Mail says, The aide who appeared in a 2020 campaign video with Joe Biden already sparked backlash as he released his own statement on LinkedIn on Friday night, alleging that he's being attacked for who I love to pursue a political agenda. I'm being attacked because I'm homosexual. No, 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 you're being attacked because you're a pervert and you filmed the perversion and you're promoting the filth. And it happened inside the sacred temple that is the capital. Well, I think I would even question the premise of this guy's argument that he's being attacked. Who's attacking him? Where's Lindsey Graham? Where's Ted Cruz? Where's anyone on the weekend talk shows? I mean, this is the sacred temple we're talking about, right? It says here, quoting this guy, while some of my actions in the past have shown poor judgment, I love my job and would never disrespect my workplace. He would, let me just read that for you again. He would never disrespect his workplace. He works at the Capitol. He uh, filmed a pornographic film there, and then he distributed it on social media. And uh, as I understand it, the, the sites, I guess it's some kind of Twitter where it's, uh, you know, people that subscribe only. But they're quite popular with quite a few homosexuals in D.C. How, how bad is this problem? How widespread and pervasive is it? And, and again, what does God think about it? Forget about what I say. What does the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament have to say about it? Something to think about. This guy says, any attempts to characterize my actions otherwise are fabricated, and I will be exploring what legal options are available to me in these manners. And, and judging by the Rudy Giuliani case, I mean, he may find some courts that actually side with his obscene behavior. So be careful. Be careful if you criticize the victim who was exposed on Friday. He may may come after you with a little bit of lawfare. By every measure, filming sodomy in in the Senate chamber, whatever the room is called, is far worse than anything that happened on January 6th. That's just the truth. And no one's out there saying it, but it has to be said. It's right in line with the sins of ancient Israel that brought curses on the congregation and caused them to go off into captivity. That's the truth of your, your Bible. I mean, there's some reports. I don't know how much of it's true. Some, some are saying that this staffer's homosexual lover is a German national. A German national. I mean, this is starting to sound like uh, Swalwell and Fang Fang, only it's happening right inside the capital. How many of these people, let's leave aside the sexual perversion for a moment. How many of these people are compromised? What about the question of national security here? Where's Merrick Garland? Where's the biggest DOJ investigation in history? Where is it? You're not going to see it. Not with this. This. It's not even just a matter of turning a blind eye to it. We celebrate it. That's just the libertarian mindset on the left and the right. Just, hey, live and let live. Don't. That's what, whatever they do in the privacy of their own bedroom or this judiciary chamber, that's their business, okay? So we're not, gonna, we're not going to denounce or criticize any of that. It shows you how pervasive the filth is. The sins, like Isaiah, Isaiah 1 says, the sickness from head to toe. Nobody wants to address it. A lot of it, a lot of it is because we've just accepted it as a society. And a lot of it, among the elites, is because people are indulging in this kind of behavior on a mass scale, far more than you probably realize. I mean, this is Jeffrey Epstein stuff. You just cover up the client list. That's the way you handle these kinds of sex sins. The child trafficking, the pedophilia, the homosexuality, the underaged girls, all of that, all of that. Just cover it up. Cover that up. And then all the mysterious the mysterious events surrounding Jeffrey Epstein's death. How about that? Well, now, that's, that's not going to warrant the biggest investigation in DOJ history either. Not even if Bill Barr's there. Just cover that up. Yeah, cover it up. Notice what it says in Isaiah 3. How, by the way, how important was this little booklet? We wrote this, I think, 1999? Who's following all the scandalous behavior happening inside the White House because of a pervert? And that seems like child's play almost compared to what's happening these days. Jeffrey Epstein, this island that he had, the Lolita Express, and now you've got sodomy in the Senate. How much worse is it going to get? Seriously. I mean, this is a race to the bottom. As one headline put it, we're nearly there. We're, we're nearly at the bottom of the barrel. The prophet Jeremiah talks about the scum at the bottom of the, the boiling pot. Isaiah 3, and uh, if you don't have this booklet, by the way, even though it's an older booklet, it's a classic, <laughs> and it's applicable today, now more than ever. Re- read what the founders, what would the founders think about this story that broke Friday? Do you think they would think the, the experiment with democracy has worked out? You know, it's worked out fairly well, I think. Fairly well. Or do you think they would, they would be thinking, what country is this? What happened? Isaiah 3, in verse 8, it says, For Jerusalem is ruined, and Judah is fallen, because their tongue and their doings are against the Lord to provoke the eyes of His glory." God says they're ruined. Jerusalem is a, is a type of all of Israel, the Israelite nations, the United States and Britain in particular, and He says they're ruined as in, as in past tense. That's His assessment. And that's what we want to try to do with today's show is just give you God's perspective, as unpleasant or uncomfortable as it might be for some. This is the way God views these kinds of sins. These are the kinds of sins that destroy, that destroy nations. Verse 9, it says, The show of their countenance does witness against them, and they declare their sin as Sodom. They hide it not. Woe unto their soul, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves. They reward themselves with evil. They celebrate the evil. They, the show of their countenance witnesses against them. They declare their sin. Just like they did in ancient Sodom, the same sins. Does anyone remember what happened to Sodom? What did God think about Sodom and Gomorrah? Those those two ancient cities. Verse twelve says, "For my people, as for my people, sorry children, are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead you cause you to err and to and to destroy the way of your paths." We've talked about all of the, the female talking heads going on and on about Donald Trump and how he's a threat to democracy, how he's this, he's Hitler, he's that. What do they think about sodomy in the Senate? Is, is that approved? Is that something we should celebrate? Is there any, why would it happen? Is it all the weekend long, crickets, you've got all these talk shows, all these sound bites, nothing at Grabian, nothing on the Sunday shows says a lot. I mean, the silence says a lot. We had this issue. I've pointed to it before. This was August, just a few months ago. The pride issue, the assault on marriage and family and children. You see it everywhere. And the lead article in that that issue of the trumpet is the perverted ruling class. The perverted ruling class that traveled the world with Jeffrey Epstein, that visited his island a couple dozen times. What went on down there? Well, the regime media, they don't care. A lot of them are participating in it. So those are the sins that we just cover up. Those are the sins. Actually, it's not even covering them up, is it? We just read it. Those are the sins we celebrate. We spread. We're proud of. But now other sins... You want to talk about climate? You want to talk about setting foot into the Capitol, even if the Capitol police open the doors for you? That's a different story, isn't it? Modern day child sacrifice, that's in this issue. If you haven't subscribed to the Trumpet magazine, make sure that you do today. This is where you get tomorrow's news, tomorrow's headlines, today. This came out, by the way, after the White House celebrated the largest LGBTQ celebration in White House history. Just invite them all onto the White House grounds. Why not? Wasn't that the same event where the nudists showed up as well and flashed themselves happening at the White House, just down the road from the Capitol? And now you can add the story of sodomy in the Senate to this. Just down the street. The woke industrial complex, that's in that issue. And then the last one, and this is something we we certainly want to vigorously defend on this show and at thetrumpet.com and the magazine, the inspiring reason marriage and family must be defended. See, we've got to defend marriage and family. We're witnessing a total breakdown in our society, and that started with the breakdown of the traditional family. That's what's under attack here. Last week, we didn't, well, you could say we didn't have time to cover it. In some ways, you're just like, why bother? What in the world? Jill Biden having this dance group come in for this, this bizarre White House Christmas video. A lot of cross-dressers in the mix, and they're doing these weird, I mean, I, I suppose it seemed kind of festive and, and uplifting to, to some. But again, you scratch beneath the surface. The group she brought in, it's called Dorrance Dance, and uh, this is a this is a group that's dedicated to anti-racism, and they're they're big BLM supporters. So you can only imagine what sorts of messages they put out. The group founder Michelle Dorrance, she says on the website, "I'm a white tap dancer with black cultural ancestors in a society that privileges white people and whiteness." It says, it's an imperative for us. It's imperative for us to fight against racist norms that have defined American culture since its very origin. If we do not do enough, this story will not change. It says, at the, at the time, I believe that, that uh, outside of the full-scale revolution, the only way I could make an impact was as a civil rights lawyer, a full-time activist, or both. I mean, it almost sounds like she's not ruling out the flat-out revolution. It says, it's from uh, this place of white privilege that I invite you to join me in lifelong anti-racism work. Understanding how deeply embedded white supremacy, racism, and colonialism is in our culture is paramount to understanding our role as white people in perpetuating it and embracing our job to dismantle it. We've just got to eliminate white racism. I'm not sure what she thinks about sodomy in the Senate. I suspect she probably approves. What, what people do sexually between two consenting adults, even if it's in the sacred temple that is the U.S. Capitol, it's not really that big of a deal. It's not obscene. It's certainly not prison-worthy. Maybe a slap on the wrist, but that's about it. For all we know, the guy who engaged in this, who filmed it, who publicized it, he may now bring lawfare against his detractors. Listen to this from the Lincoln project. You remember the, you remember the Biden people coming along and saying, Hey, we got to restore decency to the white house. Trump is vile. Trump is horrible. Trump is immoral. Everything he does is immoral. We've got to get the Biden family back in there. We've got to get Joe Bama in the Oval Office in order to restore decency to the White House. And then the Lincoln Project, I mean, they've had a few that have had some kind of, some disturbing associations with, with child sex trafficking or pornography. But the Lincoln Project, they are angry Never Trumpers, bitter never Trumpers. And uh, supposedly they're staffed with some, you know, some good old Republicans, but certainly not supporters of Donald Trump, the bad orange man. Here's what they said in the lead up to the 2020 election, clip seven. It's time for decency. It's time for Joe Biden.
0: It's going to change, honey. I
1: promise you. I promise you. Jordan, if I call him
0: that. The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising.
1: It's time for decency. It's time for Joe Biden. And uh, since that time, of course, we've had cocaine in the White House. We've had, uh, we've had crack addicts in the White House. We've had weird dances in the White House. Perverted performers in the White House. We've had uh, the biggest LGBTQ celebration in the White House. And then look at what goes on in the Capitol, I mean, Nancy Pelosi told us we we should be very concerned about what happens in the Capitol, right? Well, I'll take you back to Friday's Friday's news story. That's already fallen off the news cycle. Everybody's moved on. It's time to get ready for Christmas. It's time to celebrate. It's time to it's time to party. It's time to live and let live, right? Eric Swalwell, he came out defending the Biden impeachment inquiry. And, and again, what, what a guy to defend the Bidens. Someone who's, who's himself compromised by a Chinese spy. This is clip six. I see a good and decent man in Joe
0: Biden who united the country and all the evidence has shown that he loved his son.
1: Uh, his son was on hard times and he bought his son a truck and his son paid him back. He loaned his brother money and his brother paid him back. Joe Biden is just a, a decent American who uh, fought MAGAism and is seeing them use this against him. And as I said, in this sick and perverse way, the ones uh, targeting Biden on the impeachment inquiry. They're sick. They're perverted. But this guy and his son, angels of light, I guess. Good and decent. just like. And the Lincoln Project approves. You know, speaking of the Senate, the story that broke Friday, Hunter was out in front of the Senate wing of the Capitol, giving his, his speech last week. We gave you some clips from it. But there was Hunter saying the same thing Swalwell said, saying the same thing Lincoln brought. Look, I'm decent. I'm righteous. I'm pure. I'm a family man. The evil people are the ones that would come after me. Listen to a bit again from Hunter's speech. Just outside the Senate, the, the sacred temple that is the Senate. Clip 8. But I'm also here today
0: to correct how the
1: MAGA right has portrayed
0: me for their political purposes. I am first and foremost a son, a father, a brother, and a husband from a loving and supportive family. For six years, MAGA Republicans, including members of the House committees who are in a closed-door session right now, have impugned my character, invaded my privacy, attacked my wife, my children, my family, and my friends. They've ridiculed my struggle with addiction, they've belittled my recovery, and they've tried to dehumanize me, all to embarrass and damage my father, who has devoted his entire public life to service. For six years, I've been the target of the unrelenting Trump attack machine shouting, where's Hunter? There is no fairness or decency in what these Republicans are doing. They displayed naked photos of me during an oversight hearing. And they have taken the light of my dad's love, the light of my dad's love for me and presented it as darkness. They have
1: no shame. They displayed the naked photos of Hunter during a, a House hearing. He took the photos. He, he's, like, he's like the staffer for that uh, Democrat senator from Maryland. He walks into the chamber, starts the cameras rolling, puts it all on his laptop. He, wa- he distributes it in form or fashion. You know about the laptop. This is the man that's guilty of the crimes that are actually on the laptop. And he's going after whether or not it was appropriate for the House representative to, to show the photo or not. He's the man. He's the man, but see, he's the victim. Just like the sodomy in the Senate uh, individual. He's a victim now, and he's threatening his detractors with some, uh, some lawfare. What, what must God think of this level of filth? Second Peter 2 and verse 6, it says, And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, it says, Condemn them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that, uh, that after should live ungodly, God made an example out of those two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah. He'd like for us to to learn from that lesson. It's right there in the Bible. It's in the first book of the Bible, Genesis. Genesis 19, verse verse 7, it says, And delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, or the conduct of the wicked. I mean, it really vexed Lot's, Lot's heart. And even still, it was difficult for Lot to leave. He had to be prodded to get out. And you know what happened to his wife. Are we vexed by these kinds of sins? It says here, The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. God knows. He knows how to deal with these sins. And God will. Punishment is coming upon our nations. That's the truth of the Bible. And again, this is not not a message that many people like to dwell on. But you can go through Romans 1 on your own time and see where God says, all right, if this is the course you're taking and you're rejecting me and you're not thankful for what I've given to you, then I'll turn you over to reprobate minds or thinking and perversions of the flesh. And you can just let it run its course, and we'll see where it leads. It's leading to our destruction. How widespread and prevalent is this? I mentioned that story last summer from the Boston Herald. You remember the cries for help in this crack house, and there were homosexuals in there. I forget all the details of the story, but they found all these little children trapped inside, sex slaves basically. And then as I mentioned over the summer, they're they're in the local Boston, uh, among the local Boston press, a lot of them covered up the most important details of the story, like the pedophilia and the homosexuality, the child abuse. Howie Carr is the one that came out and just covered the actual details, the horrific details. How common is this? Why is it so important for them when a tragedy like in Nashville with a transgender woman, a disturbed individual shooting up a Christian school, why is there an immediate rush to cover up the most important details of that massacre? Why is there such a rush to cover up the manifesto when it doesn't fit within the regime's narrative? You know why. Luke 17 And verse 28, let's read what Jesus said about the last days. He said, Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. Verse 29 says, But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Everyone was destroyed except for Lot's family. Well, even his wife was destroyed because she... Turned and looked back longingly. Verse 30 Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. It's going to be just like that, just before Jesus Christ returns to this earth. Just like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. This was from the AP just earlier this morning. Pope Francis has formally approved allowing priests to bless same sex couples with a new document explaining a radical change in Vatican policy by insisting that people seeking God's love and mercy shouldn't be subject to an exhaustive moral analysis to receive it. Don't even get into a moral analysis. No counseling, no hard questions. Just ignore those details. Just live and let live whatever people are doing in the privacy of their bedroom or in a Senate chamber. That's their business. That's their business. Well, in the case of the Senate chamber, as long as they're Democrats, then they could do anything. Anything goes. But if you're MAGA, you better not. You better not throw papers from Nancy Pelosi's desk onto the floor. That's going to get you in prison. So be, be forewarned. It, it continues here, verse thirty-one. In that day. He which shall be upon the housetop and and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him not likewise return back. Verse 32 says, remember Lot's wife. You see, just run. Just flee. Just get away from it. Just follow Christ. Just follow God's lead. On that sodomy in the Senate story from Friday, Sundance had a few comments, and I thought it was interesting. He said toward the end, you know, this is, I mean, this is difficult for me to even write about. And, uh, you know, I can, <laughs> I can identify with that. You see that kind of filth, and you're just like, what? What can you even say? What, what? But, but then you step back, and you think about what God thinks and you think about what God says, and you think about how open God is. This, in the case of Old Testament examples, God says, yeah, yeah, Ezekiel, come over here. I want you to look in and see. There's even greater abominations. Sundance says this Mace Soropsky, Sir, an aide to the Democrat senator, Ben Cardin, filmed himself having homosexual sex in the Hart Senate office building hearing room. The video has shared was shared on a platform where gay men share their pornographic sexual activity. History is replete with examples of Marxism. Now again, I'll refer you to America under attack. But Marxism, I mean the target, the chief target of Marxism is the family. And, and this is how they destroy it. He says, history is replete with with examples of Marxism, satanic influence, depravity, and indecency, advancing through society with public expressions of cultural evil, degeneracy, and perversion. It says boundaries of civility are not just removed, they're destroyed in favor of perversion. No boundaries of civility, nothing. Forget about restoring decency to the White House. That didn't happen. It's about removing all boundaries in favor of perversion. He says, The absence of moral behavior in the Senate chamber is not a new phenomenon, but the scale of recent indecency reflects a toxic exhibition of evil as manifest. That's what this is. It's just pure evil, and it's on display. It's it's exactly like Isaiah 3.9 says, This is what we celebrate. This kind of evil and filth, we celebrate it, we declare it, we promote it, we spread it. The United States is the number one promoter of pornography, the number one producer of pornography. Sundance says, personally, I have a very difficult time even discussing this story. It is evil, sick, and reflects a level of depravity that makes most people extremely uncomfortable. That made me think of Ephesians 5, where Paul said, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. And of course, the, the, way, the best way to reprove them is to shun them and to live the right way. And to set a godly example, Paul goes on and says, He goes on and says, For it's a shame to even speak of those things which are done of them in secret. And that, when I read that, it made me think about okay, here's a pervert that's filming it and displaying it openly. What's going on in secret? You might remember the comments from that former congressman. He was only there for two years. He got caught up in some sexual scandal, as I recall. But then on his way out, he said, Look, it's common. These homosexual orgies, uh, sex orgies, child trafficking, that sort of thing is common in D.C., much more so than you think. Was he right? Is he speaking from personal experience? I don't know. I don't know. Can't read into every comment. But Donald Trump used to talk about the swamp. He still does. And how it needs to be drained and how it needs to be cleaned out this Sundance piece finishes with, we must accept things as they are, not as we would pretend them to be. As a nation, we are in a struggle against evil. These leftist forces are demonic in scope. A struggle against evil, but look, righteousness is not going to come out victorious. There is, I mean, God is, he is using Donald Trump to expose a lot of evil. We make that point. Uh, in America Under Attack. And we've made it at the Trumpet Magazine as well. It was interesting over the weekend just hearing from this Trump uh, supporter talking about why she likes Donald Trump and what Donald Trump has done to the deep state. This is clip two. Question, what is it about this country right now that concerns you the most?
0: I think it's that we've been under an evil control for many, many years, and I feel
1: President Trump's exposed that evil. And of all people, for God to use to expose some of that evil, and as I say, this is not to say Donald Trump is righteous or that he's going to lead a righteous revival all across America. The, the sins are carved so deeply into our hearts, like Jeremiah says in uh, chapter 17, the sins are not going to be addressed. As I said at the, the start, in, in many respects, the conservative movement, the conservative movement embraces this, this kind of lifestyle going on in the chamber, in the, Senate, in the Senate hearing room. And so for the most part, when things like this happen in the sacred temple that is the Capitol. Just going by what all the Democrats said following Jan 6. People don't, they don't care. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Hey, live and let live. He's exposed a lot of evil and filth. But, uh, you know, Donald Trump, for all of his, his good points, I mean, he, he hasn't exactly targeted sexual impurities, sex sins, which are rampant. They're just all over the place. He certainly sees the evil and the corruption in government in other respects. He said, this is last night in Reno, Nevada, clip four.
0: We are engaged in a righteous crusade to liberate this nation from a corrupt political class that is waging war on American democracy. And I'm, I'm telling you, Joe Biden is a threat to democracy. He's a threat to democracy. And you know one of the primary reasons he's a threat? Because he's incompetent. And because he's allowing people in the White House to run this country, that's why.
1: I'm running out of time, but I just want to take you through a few uh, Old Testament prophecies. I made the point earlier how that uh, these kinds of sins, sodomy in the Senate, these are the kinds of sins that just brought curses from above. God cursing ancient Israel And, and, and After repeated warnings from from the holy prophets, you better get back on track. You better clean up the temple activities. You better remove these sins. When Israel didn't do it, what happened ultimately? For Israel and Judah, they both went into captivity. They both went into slavery. Herbert Armstrong, I'll just refer to his book, The United States and Britain in Prophecy. I mean, this is the big picture perspective that you need with respect to Bible prophecy. Zephaniah chapter 3. Zephaniah the prophet. Let's look at chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, Woe to her that is filthy and polluted, to the oppressing city. She obeyed not the voice. She received not correction. She trusted not in the Lord. She drew not near to her God. Her princes within her are roaring lions. Her judges are evening wolves. The elites are the most corrupt. It says here, they gnaw, not the bones till the morrow. It says, her prophets are light and treacherous persons. Her priests have polluted the sanctuary. What happens when you pollute the sanctuary? It says, they have done violence to the law. The just, the just Lord is in the midst thereof. He will not do iniquity. Every morning does he bring his judgment to light. He fails not, but the unjust knows no shame. I have cut off the nations, it says. Their towers are desolate. I made their streets waste that none passes by. Their cities are destroyed so that there is no man, that there is none inhabitant. Destroyed cities. Death and destruction. Notice in uh, another example, this is 1 Samuel chapter 2. This is what Samuel the prophet encountered as a youth. He comes in, he works under Eli for a time, and then he learns a little bit about Eli's sons. It says in verse 12, Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the eternal. Hophni and Phinehas, last week we talked about the righteous Phinehas in Numbers 25, who acted in faith to remove sin, to remove sexual impurity. That's not the way this Phinehas operated. Norah's brother, Hophni, down in verse 17, it says, Wherefore the sin of the young men was was very great before the eternal, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. I mean, they were right there near and associated with the activities in the holy temple, or the tabernacle. And it says here, Now Eli was very old, verse 22, and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel, and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Eli was an old man. He knew that his sons were perverts. He knew, he knew that they were profaning the work going on in the holy tabernacle. And he didn't do anything about it. He, did he lie about it? I don't know. But he, didn't, he certainly didn't correct his sons. Today you've got leaders that just outright lie. They cover up the sins of their offspring. They say it didn't happen. They say it's Russian disinformation. What does God think? Verse 23, it says, And he said unto them, Why do you such things? This is the strongest rebuke, I guess, he gave to his sons. For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. says, Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear you make the Lord's people to transgress. And that's true. They were causing people to transgress, to sin against God. It says in verse 25 in the RSV, If a man sins against a man, God will mediate for him. But if a man sins against the eternal, who can intercede for him? But they would not listen to the voice of their father. For it was the will of the eternal to slay them. Samuel had to come in and tell them, this is uh, what God says. You're going to be slain because of, because of this kind of filth that you've brought into the tabernacle. Filth right into the tabernacle. I skipped over verse 22. It says here, now Eli was old, and he heard all that his sons had done unto Israel, and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. All of these sex sins, they brought it right into the tabernacle. I've gone through Ezekiel 8 quite a few times before. I'll just leave that to you to study on your own since since we're about out of time. But notice, notice over in 2 Chronicles 29, this is what, again, you see the cycle repeat itself over and again in the Old Testament. Israel getting into all of this filthy activity, including a lot of sexual impurity, oftentimes associated even with and around the tabernacle or later the temple. And then a righteous king comes along and he's got to clean it up. He's got he's to remove the filth. Like Phineas in Numbers 25. This is Second Chronicles 29 and verse 3. It says, Hezekiah in the first year of his reign in the first month opened the doors of the house of the eternal and repaired them. It had fallen into a state of disrepair. It hadn't received any kind of attention, whether physical or spiritual for some time. It says, and he brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them, says in verse five, and said to them, hear you. Hear me, you Levites, sanctify now yourselves and sanctify the house of the eternal and carry forth the filthiness out of this holy place. Get rid of the filthiness. Remove it entirely. It says here, For our fathers have trespassed and done that which was evil in the eyes of the eternal our God and have forsaken him and have turned away their faces From the habitation of the eternal and turned their backs. See, our fathers have committed great sins in this house, in this place. And this is how you get it right with God. This is how you can can keep the curses from continually pounding you. This is how you can bring blessings onto the camp by removing the sin says here, and also they have shut up the doors of the porch and put out the lamps and have not burned incense. Verse 8 says, wherefore the wrath of the eternal was upon Judah and Jerusalem, and he has delivered them to trouble, to astonishment, and to hissing, as, as you see with your eyes. Cause and effect, you see, blessings and cursings. If you choose cursings, <laughs> if you choose disobedience, you will receive cursings says here, for lo, our fathers have fallen by the sword and our sons and our daughters and our wives are in captivity for this. Now it is in my heart, verse 10, to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel that his fierce wrath may turn away from us. This was Hezekiah's prayer. A righteous king cleaning up what had happened to Judah, what had happened in Jerusalem. Verse 11 says, my sons, be not now negligent for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him, to serve him, and that you should minister unto him and burn incense, worship God in purity and, and holiness and with sincerity and truth. That's how Hezekiah cleaned it up in, uh, in Jerusalem. That's all we have time for. It makes me think of the former prophets' book. You should. Call and request that as well, or go to our website, thetrumpet.com, to get any and all literature that we plug on this show. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We thank you for joining us on today's show, and we'll see you again tomorrow.